Welcome back to the I Am Virago podcast, where we get real about the struggle, drop the occasional F-bomb, and hear how amazing Virago women imperfectly navigate the world around them. British expat Nikki Leeper is all about making intentional choices. Three years ago, she realized the path she was on wasn't serving her. So she wrote a letter from her future self describing how her world had transformed, and it worked. She is now a successful coach working in the expat community in Shanghai and leading others toward their most authentic lives. Hear her process and learn how you can do the same. So grab that cup of ambition and let's get started. Hi, I'm Nikki, and I'm the whole other end of the day to you in Shanghai. To pay the bills, I coach and consult in a design agency, as well as run my own coaching practice. And I'm passionate about getting people to realize the amount of power they have in their lives with the choices they make. Oh, can you tell me more about that? It's a really little thing, it seems, but it's also not. The idea that Everything you want is actually in the power of your choice. So if you dream something, if you really want something, if you can be brave enough to put it out there, say that you want it, get really clear on what it is that you want, then actually you're really capable of making the choices to move you in that direction. It's not magic. It just requires clarity of vision and then the desire to make the choices that go with it. And how does one get to that clarity of vision? By answering a lot of questions, really honestly. In my coaching practice, I have this thing where I ask people, you've got five wishes. Here, like I'll, I'll give you a pencil or I'll give you whatever I have in my hand. Like here, it's a magic wand. You've got five wishes. What do you want? And it's amazing how much it stumps people mm. when they're given this. And it's, you know, it's caveated. You can't have world peace and you can't cure cancer just because. And when people are really made to think about what it is that they want, it takes a while. And people might think that they're not happy or they'd really like something different. And it's a, well, okay, well, tell me what you want. Let's start getting really clear on what, what do you actually want? Like if you could change things, what's the detail of what those changes are and what it looks like? Because without putting that work in, you don't stand a chance of getting to where you want to be. Mm. And that's the fun bit as well, because you get to be brave and to dream and to empty out everything that's in your head and your stomach and your guts that you're far too petrified to tell anyone you want. But once you've done it, it's like, oh, well, what's the first thing you could do to move you towards that? Mm. So when you're working with your clients, what, what exercise could you recommend to help someone really narrow that down? Um, my favorite is take the time frame you want to work on. One year, 18 months, two years, whatever it is for you. Not super quick and not five years, 10 years. Plans are too hard to do that. So 18 months, say. And then write yourself a letter from where you are there. I call it the life leap letter. And imagine you're there. So I'm 18 months from now and everything I want, I've got. And what actually is that? Because I'm there and I've got it. So I can tell myself today what it feels like, what it looks like, how I spend my time, what I spend my days doing, what my sofa looks like, whatever's relevant to me. But write it freeform in a letter to yourself and don't edit it. Don't limit yourself. Don't do all the, that's not possible or that couldn't happen or that would never come out. Just word vomit on a page until it's all out of you. And it's amazing what comes up. If you're brave enough to put down on paper what it is that you really want, 
and you can look at it from this position of, well, I'm there and I've done it. And so it, I know that it's all good. It's really, really powerful. And whenever I ask anyone to do it, I just put the little caveat up front of, be careful what you wish for, because it might just come true. <laughs> yeah. And I've had multiple occasions with my clients where they refer to these things and they're like, man, like I, I've done that or I've got that or I've moved towards that now, but I was way too scared to put it out there and to do it. But by doing that, it then became, oh, look, oh, I, yeah, I, I can tick that bit off. I've done that. Or, and I've had people be like, man, like what magic? How did you do this? And I didn't. You wrote a letter and it made clear what you wanted. And then you started on the path of getting it. That The, the satisfaction you know, as a fellow coach, I, I know that satisfaction of watching people make that self-discovery and they're yeah. doing all the work and you just get to kick back and witness this beautiful transformation. One of my favorite things to do then is to get them to read it. So actually to read the letter out loud to me. So it never has to go to anyone else, but to get them to read it, to then hear the tone in their voice, like which are the bits that really catch them? Which are the bits that you can tell are really exciting? What are the bits that you catch in there that they've put in there that they really shouldn't have because it's dull and it's flat? And what are the bits that they're really quite petrified of what they've just put down on paper, but you know that it's in the good way of, oh, no, 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 there's something there. Like, let's poke, let's prod. What else is hidden there? Mm -hmm. How how might this experience reflect your own journey? Uh, yeah, entirely. <laughs> I got stuck in my last proper job. I'll call it a proper job. The one that I didn't really like back in London three years ago. And I ran out of options. I just didn't think I had any choices to make. I had an on paper, really good job, had benefits that paid relatively well, that I was good at. And I was miserable. And I didn't see a way out. Like I spent a long time just assuming that this was where I'd got to and therefore like the next step, I thought I knew what it was and it wasn't making me happy. And it wasn't until my coach prompted me to do the version of this exercise. Um, and I remember feeling sick and scared and petrified to put down on paper what I really wanted my life to look like because it was so far different to the life I was living. Mm -hmm. And it's plenty of people would be like, what? You have nothing to complain about. Shut up moaning. <laughs> so to allow myself to write down what I really wanted to be doing, like it felt quite gratuitous. I felt ungrateful for everything I had. And yet it was the start of what became just a huge shift in my life. Um, a year on from writing my letter, just about everything in the letter had come true other than the place where I was living. At no point in my life did I expect to be living in Shanghai. Sh Shanghai. We'll get back to that. Okay. What materialized? Um, so I moved location. So I left London with my family. I have three small kids. So we upped sticks from our very nice, very comfortable life in suburban London. So we'd relocated to Shanghai. I had stopped working in the job that I did. I had somehow miraculously, without even really trying, got offered a part-time coaching and consulting job for the company I used to work for in London, but for the team in Shanghai. Um, I set my own hours. I was able to take my kids to and from school. I wasn't traveling away for work for being on projects, so I was there. I'd started writing for online publications, and I had clients that were coming to me to be coached to help them make transitions out of where they thought they were stuck and couldn't move from. And it, yeah, everything changed. And it just amazed me 
and made me realize that I can change again in any way I want to, if I can just actually work out it, what it is that I want to do. Was there a day, a year on from writing that letter that you, you stopped and looked around and said, oh my, I have it? Not so much that I have it, but I think I must have put a diary reminder in that I'd written this letter. And it pinged back up because I knew when I wrote it that it was something special. And I, so I got it back out again and I hadn't really paid much attention to it. It's not like I had it pinned on a pin board and was referring to on a regular basis. Um, and I literally got it out at the beginning of the April. So it was six months into living in Shanghai and I read it and it was literally a case of ticking off bit by bit as to what had changed and more like how I was feeling, how I was spending my time, the things that I was actually investing my energy in. And I realized that I was investing my energy in places that were benefiting me, like that were of service to me and that were massively more of service to other people than where I had been the year before. And I was just happier. Mm. There is something, I'll use the word magical, but I'm sure there's something more scientific behind it, of writing it down, just writing it down. For me, it's a really big thing. I'm still, I'm very much a pen and paper for all of my notes, but it just makes it real. It puts a little bit more weight and solidity behind it just being a thought or just being a dream. You've got to put some words around it to articulate it. You've got to give it a shape and a color and a tone that when it's just floating around in your head, like it's slightly out of reach, you can't quite grab it. Mm -hmm. But when you write it down and you make it real, like it's one step further along, like you've acknowledged it to a piece of paper, like you've opened your heart or your head just a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's suddenly got a little more weight behind it. It's starting to take some form. Yeah, that's the first step. And if you can do that first step, then what's the next tiny thing you can do in the direction of what you want? Well, and something I want to underline here, um, you've said this a couple of times, it's small steps. It's not making huge sweeping changes. It's making small micro steps towards your goal. Yeah. From my letter, the first thing that presented itself was an information talk on the subject of coaching. And I'd been nervously going around the coaching edges. British people don't do coaching. We have a cup of tea or a pint. (laughs) You don't do coaching. And there was an information morning. It was on a day when I wasn't working. And it was, well, what harm would it do if I were to get on a train and go into London and just go for these two hours? Like that was the big decision I made. And it wasn't like it's one small thing. I was like, it's two hours. If it's a disaster, it's two hours. And from that came the next small thing that I chose to do. And it's, I became really aware that it was just about the next thing I chose. Like, could I choose differently? Could I choose in a different direction to I have before to just see what happened? Mm -hmm. Because knowing then that I could choose one thing and then from that point, I would have the next crossroads or the next fork to then be like, okay, where do I go from here? So that the end, it wasn't ever a step to the end goal. It was just the next step along whatever path was kind of coming towards me. Well, and it isn't about having to make all the decisions at one time. You make one step and it's not the overarching commitment locking yourself in for the rest of your life. It's just that next small commitment. And then you get to be in choice. Yeah. For me, it was a huge thing about being in choice. I had forgotten that I could choose. I had completely forgotten that I had things in my power that I could make different choices. Like I thought I had stepped onto this particular path and that that was set and that there was way too much at risk. And then to remember that I could just choose differently for one thing. I'd completely forgotten the idea that I could Mm. choose. And when I remembered that, 
like I could just make different choices all over the place, but they're all tiny, but I could, I could choose to say something rather than not say something and seethe, or I could choose to try something new just to see what happened rather sticking on exactly the same as I'd always done. And each conscious choice that I made would build another little step on that. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Well, and also you make that small step, you try something, you experiment and you go, okay, that's not the direction I want to go. So it also helps you clear out some of the underbrush. Yeah. And because they're small steps, it's not so scary to step back or step differently again. Exactly. Right. Next step. Yeah. So I'd like to bring us forward to today. Uh, You know, this was three years ago. So what's a recent professional or personal win you've experienced? I had a magical cup of coffee with a wonderful lady. Expat communities are odd places and you get bundled together with a bunch of people and they're actually quite sociable. And I say a lot of yeses out here to things that I would never have done before. But it's, you know, it's nice to have people around that speak English and you can do so. Over a year ago, actually, a friend invited us to a New Year's party with the kids. And I met this lovely lady there and she was someone that I had an instant reaction to. And I said, oh, we should make time. We should have coffee. We should, for some reason, it never quite happened. And then just before Christmas, she messaged me and I was like, look, I'm free literally right now. Should we just go down the road and have a coffee? And from this, how are you? What have you done over the past year? What's your news? Came this idea of what could we do together? She works at the community center, which is next Pat's support network out here. And she was like, we're looking to change things up and... I mentioned I was a coach. She said she had no idea. And I was like, well, what if once you've sussed all the like basics of Shanghai life, what if you want to work out what you can really do then as like the supporting spouse, the person who's ended up out here because your other half has got a job here? And it was, uh, again, getting people here to realize that you may only have two or three years here, but actually, what do you want to choose to do with this? And we designed this thing on a piece of paper over a coffee in like half an hour. She took it to her boss. Her boss had a couple of questions. We answered those questions together. And I'm like three weeks on from this now and it's being advertised and it's just been put out into the world and it'll start in March. That's amazing. It moved so quickly and it came out of the blue. And I'm so excited by the idea of getting, you know, eight, 10 people who are out here and looking to create something new. And to build a little community of people who are all in the same space and want to be like the cheerleaders for each other as to, what do you want to do out here? Like, how do we make it happen? Because there are so many crazy success stories of people who are like, I quite fancy this. Shall I have a go at it? Yep. Out here in the networks that it's, yeah, you don't have to sit here and think that you've got three years and you've just got to sit it out. You can really do some amazing stuff. So that's that's a huge win. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I can't wait to hear how that all goes. So as listeners of this podcast know, this is the point in the podcast where we take it low. (laughs) Do you have a recent professional or personal struggle you'd like to share? I'm really keen to do more work in the corporate space and just feeling like more could be done to support people in jobs, to make them find their way to be happier in the space, take better care of them. I have spent time trying to develop a little corporate package of how you could get leadership, management, senior teams to really take on people concerns in the business and tackle them to change culture and engagement and empowerment in the offices out here. And I've really struggled and I've tried so hard and I'm so passionate about it because I know that if you can up engagement, if you can find a way to really connect with people and, and there's a real feeling that there's not the time for it out here. 
that things are too fast, that the opportunities go by so quickly that everyone is focusing on the business. And let's just catch that bit of business and that bit of business. And you know what? When it settles down a bit, Mm. then we'll start doing like the soft people stuff. And it's it's so hard because it's made me really question at times like the value of trying to do this work corporately and trying to do it in that space. And I've had my feral doubts of that, like it's just not going to work and only really big companies can get this to work. And it's it's also knocked me on a personal level as to, you know, maybe you're just not good enough at this yet. You're not selling it in right. You haven't got the influence to have these conversations with people out here. Um, so yeah, I've been kicked down to it and it questions me and it's literally a case of having to like pick myself up and dust myself off again and just think, okay, so that place isn't ready for this yet right now. Um, what can I learn? What can I reshape? How can I take what I was proposing, have a little look at it, give it another critical eye, what's wrong or like what needs to be tweaked? And then who's the next person I can try and have this conversation with? But I'm determined that I will find somewhere and a smallish company that really does want to put the employee focus on the business first Mm -hmm. and see what that does actually for the growth and the development of the company. And I'm just going to keep knocking on doors until I find someone who wants to take that step. Well, and so what, how are you keeping yourself positive? How are you picking yourself up off the ground, dusting yourself off and moving forward? So, uh, so my kids do a lot of sports. And so I had a lot of dead time when they were doing football. And uh, there are a couple of other moms in the same position as me. And I don't even know where it started, but we were like, should we just go for a jog around the block? Should we just move while they're doing it? And then we'll go get a coffee. And this has grown into, there are three of us who do it now, somewhere between two and four times a week when the kids are playing soccer. And we do 20 minutes, 25. I think we did 30 this week. But we bring to the table whatever's on our mind that day. It's literally, it's like, we, and we throw out between the three of us and somehow we solve all the world's problems clearly. <laughs> and if the world was left to us three ladies, we'd be in a much better place. But we take those 30 minutes to vent whatever's on our head, raise all the issues, the frustrations, because we don't know each other in each other's day-to-day lives. So it's this space of we're sensible and we can understand, but nothing you say to me is going to get back to like the people you work with or the people that you actually spend your day-to-day hours with. Um, and we run everything off. And I never would have thought, but it gives me a space to clear that's separate. Like my husband doesn't need to hear all my musings every day. It does no good for us. Um, My kids have no interest. Um, And I don't have the ability to just get on the phone to friends here because of time differences. It's harder. So I now love, I love my running group. I still hate running. but I love my running group. And I've noticed that it's easier to clear some problems when I'm moving. Mm Mm-hmm. And then a really good iced coffee at the end of the run. That works quite well, too. Not a tea or a pint? (laughs) No, it's not so easy over here. (laughs) What advice do you have for women going into the workplace, starting their own businesses? What advice do you give? I would say, and it's interesting because I'm actually going to go and give a talk at uh, the high school on Monday about that. It's a career choice day. And so there are people talking about being a doctor or being a dentist or being whatever. Um, And I've got the talk. I don't know what to do. What do I do? (laughs) Okay. And my suggestion to them, get curious. Get curious about what you're interested in, what lights you up, but go find out about yourself. If you're really brave, ask a selection of the people who know you. What do you come to me for? What are my strengths? And see what they say. Mm. And just get curious about what makes you happy in how you spend your time. Because whatever you're going to do in the workforce, you're going to do it for a lot of years and a lot of hours. So money really isn't going to be the answer to all of that. So 
dig around, just do as much trying to get you to know yourself and how you want to spend your time more than anything else. I think that's my biggest piece is, yeah, get curious. That is uh, excellent and wise advice. Thank you. So Nikki, what makes you a Virago? Hmm. My ability to make the conscious choices these days. I try and stop the default decision-making these days. The assumption that there is an answer that is preset and that it's just what I have to go with. Most things get questioned now and they get questioned from a perspective as to whether they serve me or not. And if they don't serve me, it's going to take an awful lot to convince me that it's the right thing to do. Oh, I wish people could see your face. You are, <laughs> you are serious about this. Yeah, I'm more of a pain, of a pain in the ass these days, that's sure. But I'm happier for it. Amen. Love it. So we're coming to the end, which is sad. I love talking with you. What question do you wish I would have asked that I didn't? Mm. Which of the shoulds shouldn't I have done? Which are the shoulds that you shouldn't have done? That's hard to say. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't have done law at university. And I was told that I should do it because it's a good degree. True. Just didn't have any interest in it. Um, And I shouldn't have carried on in my old job for as long as I have. And the shoulds were all about it was a good path. On paper, it looked really good. Like I should keep it because it paid well. Or I should keep it because it had benefits. Um, yeah, and I'm really wary of shoulds these days. Most shoulds, I think nowadays, need a good old questioning around whether they really are shoulds or shouldn'ts. Very nice. Yes. Nikki, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. And I know it's extremely late where you are right now. So I'm eternally grateful for you and knowing you. And thank you very much for um, sharing your wisdom with us. You doing this makes me smile. And I am unbelievably honored to be uh, part of the growing Virago. What's the word I want to say? It's not a club. It's not quite a cult. Um, (laughs) Sisterhood. Ah, there we go. Sisterhood. It's just such a pleasure to see your face and to talk to you. And uh, I cannot wait to see you again soon. Thank you, my Viragos, for listening to the I Am Virago podcast. Check out new episodes every Tuesday. If you have ideas or suggestions of who you'd like to hear from on this podcast, go to IamVirago.com slash podcast and leave a message. And remember, you are a Virago. Virago.